right, welcome back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rub. Today is Wednesday, March 2nd, and this is episode 151 of the Pineapple Couch. If you like what you're listening to, go ahead and check us out on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. You can follow us there and leave a five-star review on both. Leave a five-star review with a question. We'll talk about it on the pod. And another reminder to check us out on YouTube, the Pineapple Couch. We will be doing a live stream this Thursday night at 7, probably 7.05 if I'm being real. Um, So come by and hang out there. Uh, Good episode for everyone today, like I say, every single episode. But let me go through the rundown for you before we get going. I'm going to talk about briefly at the beginning the nostalgia era we are living right now in. In terms of superhero content, like nerd content. And then um, we're going to play a game of 20 questions, Marvel edition. Peter Gonzalez is here. And I have uh, some Marvel characters that he's going to have to figure out 20 questions style. And then we're going to be talking Batman because the Batman does come out this week. There's a Batman prequel novel. I went through it so you guys didn't have to. You guys don't have to. And we'll talk about the things that happen there and how that will affect this movie. We'll talk about our expectations for this movie as a whole and what we want to see in it. And then we'll finish off the pod talking about the state of Batman as a whole, our favorite Batman movies, and our favorite individual Batmen. So, exciting episode. My long, long rant is finally over. It's at the end of the line. Peter, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's time to discuss another a different topic for us, the DC universe and mm-hmm. Batman, who's, you know, one of the OG superheroes of all time. So it'll be interesting to go into see what our thoughts are on him. Yeah. And um, there's so many different eras of Batman that it will be, I think we'll have some differences in how we've looked at it, but that always makes for a good conversation. Um, first thing I wanted to talk about Peter, and I briefly texted you about this yesterday was this is kind of obvious, but it really dawned on me last night is that we're really living in, the nostalgia era for nerd content, superhero stuff. And I I think it's for a few reasons. One, I think it's because of like rights coming back to Disney. So stuff like X-Men, Spider-Man, stuff like that. But then I think what we're also seeing this happen for is basically my theory is that because we were young, when a lot of this stuff came out, whether it be X-Men, Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, the Star Wars movies with Anakin and Obi-Wan, now the people who were kids when those came out are like in their 20s and 30s and are, I guess, quote-unquote, the consumers, like the target audience. So they're going back into that for nostalgia. Before I get your take on this and whether you like it or not, I will say I do like it because it seems like they're doing it well in most cases keyword most let me go through some of the nostalgia things we've gotten recently so obviously spider-man no way home toby mcguire andrew garfield willem dafoe alfred merlina melina and um jamie fox patrick stewart shows up in the doctor strange multiverse of Madness trailer and lord knows there's a ton of cameos in that that i bet will have some nostalgia luke skywalker showing up in mando at the end of season two Huge nostalgia moment. Michael Keaton is the Batman in the new Flash movie. We'll get to his, like, Batman legacy later, but that's very nostalgic pick. They're going back, like, three or four Batmans to have him in that movie. Boba Fett is a character that we really haven't gotten much expansion on 
especially in live action, since the 80s, late 70s. And we just had a show on him. And then now the big show is Obi-Wan, which is characters from 20 years ago. So a lot going on, Peter. What's your take on this? I think you summed it up best when you said that it's like when, when this was first going on, these were first being released, people our age were not our age. Like, you know, we were young. We didn't really understand the implications of it. Like, when we talked about Star Wars, we talked about, you know, seeing the movies and there's memories attached to them, dressing them in Halloween costumes, etc. But it's like now you're able to really appreciate it. And you're you, because you had it as a foundation, now as you're older, you're able to really enjoy it, not from like a critic snob perspective of like I'm too good for this which a lot of people you know get to this age and that's their perspective Mm -hmm. we're more of the we appreciate it and are able to really explore the nuances of it and take it on a different level I mean WandaVision was a great example of just rewatching and looking for details and things that you can do now at this age so much better than when you were younger and everything was just cool because it looked cool now you're able to really pick it apart and look at the layers and I think that's why we're able to appreciate the things that we had when we were younger on a bigger scale. And obviously, like you said, some work and some don't. Bob was a great example of that. And I think that Marvel does that line so well of why their movies are, they can be heavy, but they still have the lightness that really makes sure it, it touches on that nostalgia. Is this a, a like a trend that we're going to see for just like a few years and then they're going to have to move on? I feel that way. I feel like in a way this is them kind of, I mean, in Andrew Garfield's case, giving him a a better experience slash goodbye to the character, not necessarily goodbye, but is this kind of them letting these characters have their swan song before they introduce new ones? Because I don't think for the next 50 years you can rely on nostalgia. No, I definitely think this is a sweet spot of it, and this is a spot where we're really able to lean into certain things and really course correct to things that did not work. Mm -hmm. But I think at some point down the line, it's going to be where characters like Iron Man are the same nostalgia that Boba Fett was. You know, things are going to be building forward and going forward so that it's constantly laying foundation for nostalgia in years to come. But I think now is definitely an opportunity to really, especially with Disney's doing so well by bringing in everything that Marvel possible into one house really lets you pick apart and choose what you're going to use and how you're going to tell those stories. Yeah, and this is something that just popped into my head as we were talking. I'm trying to think of, like, why each studio, what's their reasons for cashing in on this nostalgia? So if you look at Marvel, they just acquired the Fantastic Four and X-Men. They're cashing in on that nostalgia. And obviously Spider-Man, they finally got to do the multiversal movie with Sony. So that's the reason they're cashing in on the nostalgia. The reason DC is cashing in on nostalgia with Michael Keaton is because they're stupid and don't know what they're doing. Simple as that. So why is Star Wars dipping into the nostalgia? The first answer could be because all these characters are really cool, which I would agree. But Peter, I will venture to say we would not be getting this nostalgic Star Wars content if the three most recent movies were good. We would still be exploring those characters, but they fucked up with those movies. So they're going back to something they know works. To that point, I think I think what why Marvel is so successful in this. And I mean, obviously, the recent reports that Kevin Feige was taking a step back from the visual 
visual um, side of it to focus on the storytelling because Marvel is always storytelling first. And that's not what we're doing with Star Wars, with DC. They're just relying on characters that are recognizable. I mean, we see it with the Joker reboots continually. The fact you need to have Joker on every single property. The fact that Mm -hmm. they're choosing to grasp only certain characters for going forward. And there's no foundational storytelling narrative for them to go back to, which lets you tell the stories going forward in a way that the nostalgia works, as opposed to just rebooting or going back and just fleshing out stories, some successfully, some not so much of characters that people are already familiar with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where they're missing. They're not focused on the storytelling. They're focused more on how can we make the most money with characters that people already know? How can we... I mean, look, at I mean, Venom's a perfect example of that as well. We're so Fan service. Here's this. You wanted it to be funny like the first one. Here's the second one, which is we're going to make try to make it funnier and more violent. And it was just a cluster Awful. disaster of a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. Uh, I think that's a good way to cap that discussion unless you have any other points on nostalgia. Um, no, I think it's good. It's exciting. And it's we benefit from it in the long run. We do. We do. All right. New segment here, folks. 20 questions. Marvel edition. Obviously, 20 questions. Peter can only ask me yes or no questions to reveal the identity of this Marvel character. It is not specific to a villain or hero. It is a character in the Marvel Universe, in the MCU. Like, not in just, like, I'm not pulling some rando out of the comics. This is someone who has appeared in the MCU. So, without further ado, Peter, I have three. Let's go to the first one. 20 question style, Marvel edition. Let's go. Male or female? That's not a yes or no question. <sighs> okay, fine. If I don't know how to play the game, fine. Are you a male? Yes. Okay. Um, is your story set in outer space? No. Are you a main character? No. Are you Jarvis? No. Are do you possess superpowers? No. Can you fly? Yes. Are you Falcon? No. Are you Rhodey? Yes. <laughs> I got one. War machine. War machine. All right. That took about ten. Nine or ten. Um. All right. Next one. Are Go you ahead, male? Me. Yes. Can you fly? Yes. Are you human? No. Are you vision? No. Are you set in outer space? Yes. Are you rocket? No. Are you a leader? No. Are you a main character? Nope. Are you old? Yes. There's not that many space movies. Are you on a team? 
Yes. Are you Drax? No. I love this. Oh my God, I can. Uh, uh, do you work with an Avenger? No. Are you good? No. Are you Loki? Nope. Loki's not on a team. Loki's not on a team. Villain team. Villain team. I'm not. This is gonna. Ah, villain team. Um, um. Space. 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 Are you no? Are you? How many questions am I at? You're uh, you've asked fourteen. Oh my god. Um, I told you this was gonna be hard, and I'm so competitive. This is gonna bother me. Are you in a recent movie? Define recent. If I'm in the past five years. Yes. Are you? Um, Jude Law's character in no. Captain Marvel. Are you Kang? Nope. Three more questions. Oh my god, this is gonna kill me. It, it, is, it is gonna kill you. It's not good. Who's in space? Why can't I think of space, 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 space? <clears throat> oh my god. Are you... Do you have a... Do you go up against an Avenger? Yes. Space Avengers. Two more questions. Are you... You're not... Are you a parent to somebody? No. One more question. Oh my god. My brain is just self-destruct. I'm gonna be so pissed that I didn't know this. Are you Yondu? No. That's twenty questions. Would you like to reveal who I me to reveal yes. who I am? Ebony Maw. That's the dude that's like a cockroach, isn't it? Because that was like question like 50, 60. I was like, it's the cockroach dude, but I was like, no. Ah. I'll give you an easier one. Last one of today. Are you male? No. Are you human? Yes. Are you good? Yes. Can you fly? No. Nah. Nah. Oh Sometimes. Are you... Did we say you were good? Yeah. Are you a sidekick? Yeah. Technically. Do you work with, you work with an Avenger? Yeah. Are you Pepper? 
Yep. There you go. God. <laughs> there you go. All right, the first edition of. Do you want to throw one at me, or do you want to do you want to go next week or something? I'll go next week. I need to prepare for this because okay. obviously you gave me two easier ones and you gave me a, a harder one. I respect that. I respect that. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move to our next segment here now, guys. <laughs> Takeaways from the Batman prequel novel. So there's a, a novel out there that is kind of an intro into this Batman universe that we are getting in the Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson Batman. Um, let me go through some of the main beats of the prequel and Peter will react to it and we can discuss how we think this will affect the movie. Um, So basically this Batman prequel novel explains a few things. It flashes back to the Waynes turning their mansion into an orphanage. They turn the Wayne mansion into an orphanage and one of the orphans there, the Riddler who does not like Bruce Wayne. Not many of the orphans do because he is the rich one that has a family. Um, now we flash forward to like 17-year-old Bruce. Um, he's super into cars and street racing. So he's like making upgrades to his car, you know, kind of like a, a grease monkey, for lack of a better word. Super into, uh, I think that's what they call mechanics, right? Mm-hmm. Have you heard that? Yeah, that was a good um, term. Good job. And so he's super into that, and he gets into street racing, and there's this girl who he meets via street racing who he has a big crush on, but he's very awkward. He doesn't really know how to do anything. At the same time, the Riddler is basically a DoorDash driver, but he does it on a bike. It's not DoorDash specifically, I don't think, but it's some sort of food delivery service. Um, And while he's doing one of these deliveries, he is almost killed by Bruce's crush, Dex. I believe is her name in a street race. So she's doing a street race and she almost kills the Riddler and he wants revenge for this. And so what he does is he plants a bomb on Dex's car. So the next street race, when her and Bruce and other people are street racing, keep in mind, no one knows who Bruce is because Bruce really does not like people like noticing or recognizing him in public. He's just awkward and doesn't want that shit. So the Riddler plants a bomb and it goes off and Bruce then goes and saves her. And this does two things. One, it makes Bruce realize that the rush he gets from racing, it's better. He likes the rush of saving people more. So it's kind of like a how he gets into saving people as Batman. And the other thing it does is it also the Riddler realizes that he likes getting revenge. He likes hurting people. That sort of thing. Kind of fucked up. Um, and so now from here, Bruce goes to college. And he goes to college all around the world. In many different stops and in all these college stops he's learning like the diversion of martial arts from that country if that makes sense um and meanwhile in when we're se- establishing the gotham political scene peter the penguin works for falcone falcone is the top dog the most intimidating at least in this prequel novel and at the start of this batman movie he's the head honcho really of the mob and crime families in gotham Um, Other things that we should note is that the Riddler does burn the mansion to the ground because he's sick of being reminded of being an orphan. And uh, Penguin and Falcone, they frame Dex, Batman's crush, for this really gnarly crime. And so she's going to be put away for forever. But Batman is a great detective and he works with a lower ranking police officer in the department to prove their innocence. It is not... Commissioner Gordon is just a lower-ranking police officer. And that kind of establishes 
where we are at with this universe and Batman as a whole. One thing to note in terms of world building is that when Batman sets up Dex to leave and get out of Gotham, she is going to Metropolis, as said. Peter, what's your reaction to all this? Um, okay. So they are going to tie in the family, apparently. Yep. So, you know, when we, that was a concern of ours, you know, how much yep. we're going to focus on the family situation. So they're going to, so now we're building this kind of like rival Bruce Riddler because they grew up together thing, which, okay, it, it, yes, it can be done well, I guess, but I also mm-hmm. feel like, you know, I'm not 100% sold on it. Um, the whole Bruce not wanting to be known as wealthy Wayne Bruce just feels very Hallmark movie plot, you know, like rich dude who wants to stay away from his like mm-hmm. baggage and be like, I want to be a normal person. Um, I like the idea of him getting the rush and learn get learning his skills as he travels the world. Okay, I can get behind that. It's not it's an interesting way to do it. I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. It's not the typical standard formula. So I'm not opposed to it. I'm not, this is the greatest, but I mean, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Another thing that they point out in this is that Alfred is very, is like a former British special agent or something. And he trains with Bruce teaching well, that's him. Well, kind fighting. of the vibe that we got with, with Affleck's Batman too, right? That he was more, Alfred was more than just the average. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I guess it's fine. They are distinguishing themselves from the Affleck Batman because it's mentioned in these this novel how Bruce, when he's building his car and his bat suit, he's going for speed rather than bulk. In, in his is, training, he is not going for bulk; he's going for lean. That, which like, I like. That. I think that's a, that's a good difference. I think that's an issue again I had with Affleck. But it was his Batman was too it was too much bulk, and it's like mm-hmm. that's Superman. That's not Batman. So I appreciate that. I like the whole car backstory. I think that kind of helps flesh him out. It's a little fast and the furious for me, yeah, but it is. You know, I feel like, but again, I feel like all these, like this story has stuff from a bunch of different things in it. So I'm curious to see how we go forward because, again, the whole familiar. I don't think Batman needs to have like a growing up tie to his villain to make it. I don't think Bruce necessarily knows. But that's like, what I, I think mean. they I feel, interact. But I feel like him being like resentful of them to begin with Riddler is kind of, it's very much like, I feel like it's been done, it's being done yeah. on Batwoman on the CW. Like there's that vibe where the villain knows that, like there's that mm-hmm. already. So I don't know. It's an interesting choice to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in the, the reviews that have come out about this movie are either very, 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 very crazy good or very, very, very bad. So go into it with an open mind and you'll see how you feel. Um, what what things like we've talked about stuff we're worried about with this movie. What things are we really looking forward to, though? Detective Batman. I think that would that's something that if it doesn't like slog down the mm-hmm. scene of the movie, that can be really cool. It's I, like I the Zodiac. Think- They're trying to do the Zodiac. Just yeah, you know? crazy. Like the Riddler's the Zodiac killer. Yeah. Which if they can pull that off, it's unbelievable. But they are just running the risk, like you mentioned, of pacing and And I think too, whatnot. something that's like if we're doing, you know, some flashbacks him like younger, growing like where he's growing, it's like how much how do you take keep it from getting too much brooding Batman? You know what I'm saying? Like too emo 
by Batman as opposed to him going about it. And I, I think, and like I said, the re- most recent trailer that I saw, I we texted over the weekend, mm-hmm. is a lot lighter, I guess, than what the other trailers have been. So it makes the movie seem, the movie seems interesting. If you put all the trailers together, it doesn't look cohesive, is basically the tone, yeah. I guess. Where do you think this movie set, uh, leaves Batman? Like, what? I assume we think they're going to make a sequel for this. Do we see this movie as the Riddler going down, or maybe he's more of an overarching? Does Batman lose? Well, if it, from if what's to believed online is to be true, this is, is a new trilogy. Okay. So, and this one allegedly ends with Gotham in chaos. So we're going to have kind of like a, a downer of an ending, so to speak. Where I guess maybe he could lose, but then that gives and allows the Joker to rise because we have to do a Joker. Got to give Br- Batman. I think I don't mind if you do the Joker in the third movie of this trilogy. I just think you got to give him some time. What I think uh, is interesting too is that a lot of the reviews have said that the third act doesn't live up to what the first and second sort of build up to, which uh, I think so is interesting. You, that's like a letdown when you do all this building and mm. world. And if you do all the great stuff at the beginning. And then it just falls off. It's like, mm-hmm. where do you know? How do you feel about Zoe Kravitz as a Catwoman? I think it can work. I think it's. I think it's. Uh, she has the right. It's a different vibe. It's again. I feel like we're having a younger Batman. Is what we're going for. So it's yeah, like year two. I, so it's gonna be interesting. I think she can pull it off well. I think a thing that I thought was always cool, a cool aspect of Batman was he did have that sort of vibe with Catwoman, where it was like, will they? Won't they? put bows not bows so i kind of like the leaning into that a little bit because mm-hmm. I, I think he batman does need some help in some instances so it's nice to see sort of this perspective added in. yeah and it seems like they're gonna use her a lot more than they've ever used catwoman in a batman movie like compared to anne hathaway like the amount of screen time she got no was, totally this is the biggest okay and less crazy than say uh, michelle pfeiffer's catwoman also she's more grounded yeah um, in terms of the state of Batman as a whole, I think we've kind of gone over that throughout this. I, unironically, I, it's just kind of like their lack of commitment to a certain Batman and w- building it enough to go deeper into these stories. We've used the example of like you can't Iron Man can't do the Infinity Gauntlet in Iron Man Two, but it makes sense ten years later. They haven't been able to do that with Batman for the most part recently because they're recasting and DC has so much skeletons and fucked up shit they've done. They're stupid. And I think too, the thing is, like you said, they won't commit to a story. If it doesn't meet a Mar- if it doesn't match a Marvel movie, then they're gonna be like, okay, fine, toss this new new idea, new idea. So it's like, I'm curious, are they gonna try and say if if they can't have Batman one of Robert Pattinson's Batman and try to compare it to No Way Home, you can't do that, and you can't use that as mm-hmm. a metric to gauge. That's what they're trying to do. This character, and it's like, yeah, it's like you can't do that. This movie is still work. successful in like month three, month four, because it's so good, and it led up to it. You had movies leading to this moment, and mm-hmm. Batman, you can't just say, "Here's Batman," and do the exact same thing at the box office because that's not going to be the case. Yeah, and the movie is heavier, so it's like you are going to lose some audience members because of that. And you're going to gain others. You're going to gain the film critic elite that are going to be like, this is the greatest comic book movie ever because, and this is the rebirth of comic book movies because it's dark and it's arty and it's all this. And so you're going to have different perspectives. Yeah. 
so i mean i this movie had there's such a variance in of like how i think i'll react to it i could leave that theater being like holy shit that was fucking awesome the the creepiness the story like i was so into it or it could be like what the fuck was that that was so slow it didn't add up i'm hoping for something good because i really like batman and we're gonna get right now this good transition peter into our favorite batman movies of all time um the dark knight that's universal number one right because for me like that's a no-brainer yes yeah 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 i would say that's a that's definitely the most cohesive telling of batman Mm -hmm. so let's go through your list because i besides the christian like i literally my list is dark knight dark knight rises batman begins and then everything else and then batman vs superman's at the bottom so, so let's yeah, go through. belongs at the bottom. Let's go through yours because I think you'll be able to provide a little bit more than me. Because I'm mainly, to, if I'm being honest, I'm a Bale Batman guy, and I also watch the Gotham show though. So, and I'm okay, not so I think that. if we're talking further expanding Batman, my second ex- ex- Batman that I enjoyed would be, and I know it's a controversial pick, is Batman and Robin. I thought that was because I'm a very much a villain characters of batman so i didn't hate the fact that we had poison ivy and bane and mr freeze i thought it worked as a movie as a comic book movie it was more marvel lower end than dark dc and so Mm -hmm. i appreciated all of the insanity that that movie was okay okay i don't even know if i've seen that movie it's interesting it's um it's george clooney uh chris o'donnell alicia silverstone uh Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, he's Mr. Freeze, right? Mr. Freeze, yeah. And I thought, and again, I, but again, that's one of the ones where I was younger when I saw it, so like I had the action figures correlating to that movie. Mm-hmm. Another one that I do remember because, again, I had the the toy connection to it was Batman Forever. Let me double check if that's right. Which is the one with Riddler and Two Face, mm-hmm. which was Val Kilmer's Batman. Oddly enough, though, I don't remember much about his portrayal. I remember the villains. I remember Nicole Kidman. That's mm-hmm. what I remember. I remember the set pieces. And again, it felt very comic book to me. It didn't feel yeah, It's the, the Jim Carrey cheese. It's the yeah. very slapstick. Yeah, it was very, the camp, it was very mm-hmm. that vibe, which was, which is, it's a mix for Batman. Because Batman, we've never seen a, it's never had the same cohesive storytelling going forward. Yeah. And then in that similar vein is the, that I enjoyed was um, the 1960 Batman movie. Adam West. With, with Adam West. Yeah. Cause I remember that that TV show was on a lot. And what I loved about that was that it had the full plethora of villains. So while the movie, yes, is very, it's cheesy. It's, it's over the top. It's something that, had all the villains and like we talked about a couple times previously the batman has such a strong roster of villains mm-hmm. so to see them yes maybe they weren't perfect you still saw riddler interacting with joker and something that we only kind of see in the cart animated version of batman batman does a really good job with the cartoons and stuff that is true that is, they have a strong which is again i think something that should be batman i think has been my most successful aside from christian bale's batman in the animated. I think mm-hmm. that's another place where it shines. And then of course we have Michael Keaton's Batman, who again, I feel like I remember the villains more than I remember his portrayal of Batman. 
that's kind of and i think that's fair though for batman because batman in a way is so like i'm batman i'm batman and he's not as like he wears all black he doesn't talk that much he's very the villains are so flamboyant and i think that's necessary he had penguin he had michelle Pfeiffer's catwoman you know it was these big over the top Mm -hmm. adversaries I'm, i'm glad they've gone away from that and I think that's interesting that they have. And now maybe now with the Batman, we are seeing, you know, having a couple multiple villains. We're seeing Riddler. We're seeing Catwoman, allegedly mm-hmm. Joker being fleshed out. So you are seeing groundwork laid for more villains. And I think if there is a hero that can do it, Batman's good. I mean, Spider-Man does it better. But I think Batman's a strong successor to the idea of having multiple villains and you're facing off. Yeah. It's different. But again, Spider-Man mm-hmm. has all this personality that you're able to convey, even though he's got his face covered. Whereas Batman, that's not the vibe and that's not the storytelling that's we're going for. And of course, we other we would we have to mention who else am I missing on the Batman list? Ba- ben Affleck. Affleck, which he's he not that was, bad. He wasn't given a story. Yeah, that's what. There's it no is. chance. So it's hard because, granted, I think. The Snyder Cut of Justice League is his best showcase for Batman uh-huh. because everything else is just dumb, for yeah. lack of a better word. It's just, it just doesn't feel. He didn't right really just for get a chance to show what he could do, and I think it, he showed glimpses of it. But it's hard to show glimpses of it when you're in, for the most part, besides Zack Snyder's Justice League, such crap. Yeah, and so. I, it's true. I mean, he had the line <laughs> like when he almost killed Superman. It was just super cringe in his motivations and just it what didn't work in Batman versus Superman. Like that's just not, it's just such a train wreck of a movie. Yeah. Um, so would you say though, that your top three Batman movies are the three bail? I think from top three Batman movies. Yes, I would say bail, but I would say if I'm watching what I'm more likely to watch, I would say, of the Bale ones, Dark, the last one would be the one Rises. I'm most like. Rises is the one I'm most likely to watch out of all the Batman movies. And cool. then I would maybe watch maybe Batman Forever or mm-hmm. Michael Keaton's Batman or even the 1960 Batman. I feel like I would watch those ahead of Batman 1, Batman 2, just because it's an easier watch through. Where do you think this uh, Robert Pattinson Batman will rank on this? I've thought about that a lot leading up because it's, I feel like we haven't had like a Batman that we sort of go along the ride with and similar to how we do with the Marvel characters. And I think that this one has that potential where it's like more attainable, more, I think this one could be up that could be above. I don't think it'll match Bale, but I think it'll become pretty close. I, I think that the dark tone sets them is a good way to go if you want to go for that. Right now, I think Batman that's a good way to go with it. Um, yeah, that's our Batman preview. A little shorter episode today than usual, but that's because we will be live for an hour or two, probably two, on YouTube tomorrow night at the Pineapple Couch on YouTube. So go check that out and subscribe. We'd really appreciate that. Peter, Let any final closing words to episode 151? 
Um, it'll be, I'm curious to see where we go with Batman. I think mm -hmm. my one concern for Batman is though, is we have Batman coming out and in a couple of weeks, we're going to have Moon Knight coming out, which I think is will the Batman. Exactly. And I think that's going to be leaps and bounds above the Batman. Ooh, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I, I probably, probably, but I, I from what I've heard, I, I, I would, I would go with that. I'm on the fence still. Maybe after seeing the Batman, I'll give everyone my official thoughts. All right, Peter, thank you so much for joining. Thank you to everyone for listening. Episode 151 of the Pineapple Couch. YouTube tomorrow night at the Pineapple Couch. And we'll be back next week with a Batman reveal. Peter, I'll talk to you next time. Sounds and good. to all listeners, God bless. See ya.